If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Mainstream by Sifter. My name is Mitch and today my co-host is Gianni, the executive producer of Sifter. How are you going, mate? Hello, Mitch. Long time no Mainstream. Excited to have you on. I'm never on these, but that changes now. Uh, If this is your your first time listening to the show uh, on Mainstream, we the team at sifter.com.au discuss our experiences playing a variety of big AAA titles um, not usually uh, some, not usually the indie stuff that we usually talk about. Um, other smaller micro games and indies, retro releases, and uh, newly issued games. So we cover them all here. Um, uh, not an interview. We don't interview developers on the show. We talk about our experiences and what we like about the games we've been playing. This week we are heading into the ancient Hisui region to play Pokemon Legends Arceus. Let's jump right in. Sit down for a chat with your pals in video games. This is Mainstream. All right, Pokemon Legends Arceus. So, controversial Pokemon game. People didn't like the look of it. They didn't like how it looked. They didn't like any of the promo material. All the trailers were just getting absolutely dogged out on YouTube. Our own Adam didn't like it in our meetings so he spent a lot of time complaining about it but gianni and i have been playing it and i have been pre- pleasantly surprised what about you gianni I, I think it's a perfect example of why you should never judge a book by its cover um, because i think uh what this game does really well is it has a lot of the familiar aspects of pokemon that you would know and love the collecting of monsters battling them traveling across a, a, a land discovering new vistas and all that sort of stuff and it also chucks out a bunch of the old stuff which felt really old-fashioned if you think if you think about it um and yeah it mixes it up in a way that is a semi-open world uh adventure through you know a, an ancient uh japanese uh inspired land called hisui uh, which is the precursor region to uh, what uh, you would know in diamond and pearl versions as the sino region um and yeah it's, it's a really i think it's a really honestly uh, a breath of fresh air um it it is a, a year that we have also had Diamond and Pearl remakes as well. Um, not that long ago, they came out sort of late last year, Mitch. And, um, you know, that was the same region, but this is a, you know, a new fresh take. And I think a, a few of us were kind of curious as to how um, things would uh, sort of be mixed up uh, in this. So, um, Mitch, can you tell me, I guess, from from the outset, what are some of the, the changes that you've noticed um, so far uh, in this game uh, from, from previous versions? Before I go into the changes, I just want to say that it has proven yet again that I'm always right about video games. 
uh, because I was right about Fallout 76. I was right about Anthem. And in the opposite way, I was right about this Pokemon. It was cool. And I always thought it was going to be cool. And uh, everyone else is wrong. Um, You're a tastemaker, Mitch. We've always said no, that. No, I am. No, I'm the only person that really knows what they're doing. Um, in terms of things that I'm really liking about this Pokemon, I'm liking how the Pokemon are more companions in this than like a means to an end. Um, you, you can you can have them out whenever you want. I always thought the cool part about the anime was like, you know, the main character and their Pokemon would hang out and like they would be more like pets or more like the the line between pet and piece of equipment is a bit blurred in in this game. Uh, I think in the previous Pokemon games, it was a bit clinical the way you handle the Pokemon. Like they were just essentially almost like picking up a gun in Halo uh, at their worst. And at best, maybe you could like interact with them in like another window or like in the daycare center. Um, I, I like how you can have all of them out at once and take pictures with them around things. I love that. Um, one of my main favorite things, actually, uh, part of this game is you can now rotate out the Pokemon moves uh, whenever you want. Uh, brilliant. You can just create loadouts uh, with each Pokemon, which I think is a definite step in the right direction. Unbelievable. Love it. Can't believe it took that long. Um, and they seem to have gone, done away with the, uh, the, the key moves that you were required to navigate around the world. Um, for example, the rock breaking and tree cutting, and uh, have I don't I can't fly yet, but uh, I'm assuming that's gone too because uh, all those things are just non-existent. I think a lot of quality they slowly of life have things... slowly worked away from HMs for quite a while now. So they started getting rid of them um, in Pokemon Sun and Moon. That was the first version that started to basically get rid of them. HMs still existed, but they were just battle moves they weren't um, utility moves like they've been for most of the other games but in this one yeah they just basically don't exist and you know part of the story of it is is building up these sort of maneuverability throughout the world and other other utility as well because i always thought that like oh well like why can't my onyx break this rock i mean it can it should be able to just by looking at it but unfortunately it can't because it doesn't know the specific move which I need to teach it, which takes away its utility in the main thing that you do in Pokemon, which is fight other Pokemon. Which, which actually, in, in this game, the main thing you do isn't actually fighting. It's cataloging. Like, to, to progress... Yeah, to progress through the story and to, to progress in your character and your development... It's not really about catching Pokemon. It's about seeing them do specific things, and which I really like. I love that about that too. I think it's more about discovery, um, and I do like how Pokemon are a legit danger. Like they almost talk about them. Like I don't know if you've, anybody listening has seen the anime Attack on Titan, but they kind of talk about Pokemon like they're a big scary monster out in the open, and if you encounter one, you better be ready and it's reflected in the gameplay. Like you can encounter these giant Pokemon that are scary and can kill you. Like they can hurt you as the player. And that is very cool to me. I like that. So I think what's really interesting about the Pokemon series is quite often they have sort of like a TikTok where, you know, usually there'll be multiple games that come out every sort of generation technically. Um, but one will really mix up the genre a bit more uh, or mix up the series a bit more and, and one will be much more traditional. And I think we've seen that with, um, you know, the Diamond and Pearl remakes that just came out um, end of last year. They're much more of a traditional 
uh, Pokemon game as you would know it. Um, and then this one is uh, a, a lot of uh, a mix-up as well. And, you know, similar to the Pokemon Let's Go uh, Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, um, which actually went and changed a bunch of things. And I remember when we, we first started talking about that game, um, one of the big changes they made was that you don't battle Pokemon to capture them wild Pokemon in the wild anymore, right? And everyone was like, that is, hang on a second, how they've done that? We've done that since Red and Blue. When you actually get to playing it, you realize, oh, you know what, battling Pokemon every single time when you want to catch them, quite tedious. It takes a really long time um, and you don't realize how much of your time you spend literally uh, just trying to get them to exactly the right amount of health so that you can throw a Pokeball and catch them. Um, and uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus does a very similar thing. In fact, you can spend... Uh, a lot of your um, skills in the world um, to get yourself in a good position to effectively, you know, catch Pokemon off guard. You just yeet a Pokeball at them, smash them, <laughs> smash them in the back with a Pokeball um, and and catch them. And, you know, I was talking to you the other day, Mitch, and I managed to catch a, a Lucario, uh, which was like an alpha variant, which is like a super strong, um, you know, high level version of it um i managed to sneak up to it in uh, in, a, in an area and i threw a particular specialist pokeball at it and i caught it in one go and i thought well that would have been quite an annoying fight to get and definitely a pokemon i wanted to get and i was able to get it first shot just by thinking strategically in the world um by positioning myself um as i'm going and that's i guess the big, big difference is you know you're not unlike previous series where you would just run through grass or you know even in um you know uh, Sword and Shield, which came out not that long ago, um, you'd see Pokemon in the world and you'd have to run up to them and battle them. Um, you know, that isn't the way. You you're, you exist in the same world. There is no real super distinction between um, a Pokemon battle uh, and a, uh, you know, the running around in the world. And it's like a real breath of, breath of fresh air, I reckon. I think it's also good that Arceus also has the traditional engage it, and beat it up and throw a Pokeball at it because that's how I got my dinosaur Pokemon. I caught my big Rapidash. The big Rapidash you see at the first area, um, I caught that live on stream. Uh, that'll be available on our YouTube channel. Uh, me doing that. Sifter HQ. Yeah, check it out. Um, and I caught that live at the end of the uh, show uh, by essentially attacking it and doing it the old-fashioned way. So you can still do it. So they haven't left. I don't think. I don't think they've really taken anything away from Pokemon with this game, which is very intelligent. Like everything you like about Pokemon is still there. Um, you can even run through long grass, and something will attack you eventually. Like that, it, it is still everything's still there. I don't think there's anything missing. Even the, there are some engagements that do feel a lot like gym battles as well. Even though there is no strictly, there's no gym in the game there are still some engagements with other trainers that kind of feel like it and it's not completely gone. So um, smart move, smart move. I, th I guess the, the other big change that's come in with this one is um, they've introduced uh, these noble Pokemon, they call them, and they call them like, you know, uh, they're, they're basically the big boss battles that you've got to do. And it's a um, as much of the, uh, a movement puzzle and a maneuverability puzzle as it is a Pokemon battle. So, you know, in a number of them, you know, they're attacking, they're doing AOE effects on the ground and you need to stand in particular positions and match their patterns and things as they're launching these attacks out there. And then you wait for the opportunity and then it becomes a bit more like a traditional Pokemon battle where you actually battle them um, with your Pokemon to a point, you weaken them, and then you just throw these things, they're called bombs at the um, B-A-L-M-S, um, bombs at, the, at them to soothe 
hurts them to calm them down. It's not a you know like a legendary Pokemon fight in the other you know games, but you know you're you're actually trying to 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 fight them in a way. And actually, I'm like if all the Pokemon battles, even the legendary ones, were like that, that's like an amazing way to you know <laughs> you know build out a, a world. And it's a really interesting um, way to play a game because yeah, before. Uh, you know, in every previous version, where your trainer was positioned made no difference to the, the. It was all about, as you said, your weapons, which were effectively what your Pokemon were. Right? It was all about your your stats and your weapons and where they were placed. Now it is a lot more about what where you are as a person inside this space. And and to that point that you spoke about before, there's a really strong emphasis about the the physicality and the danger of these things that they the characters in this world don't really understand um and are trying to learn more about um so you know it is it, it's it's quite uh quite clever and i think another thing um that you know is new to this series which i think is really really cool as well is um to your point where you you know you're using your research you're going out observing pokemon you're seeing them use specific moves um you know you're capturing them or you know giving them a berry or whatever it is in the world you're looking at them and you that's the way you earn money in this game there's no pokemon battles that'll give you money um you get paid as, as part of your job basically and um the, the other thing is that you know you don't need to even go and spend that money on uh, items that you would normally be sinking money into so you can collect items in the world um, and craft all the main equipment that you need just by roaming around the world and finding materials um, I, I basically always had a huge stack of pokeballs as i was running around and great balls and ultra balls and all that sort of thing um, just because i would just every time i saw a resource i would as i was racing past it i would jump off my uh my horse, effectively, my Stantler um, upgrade and, uh, you know, throw a Pokeball at an item, send my Pokemon off to capture it for me and then jump back on my horse and keep going. And, it, you know, it just made, um, you know, our, you know, resource gathering in the world, like, really fun. Did you did you get a, an opportunity to play a bit of that that way? Yeah, I just got my horse um, and I am pretty... Um, I like how you can just send your Pokemon out to pick stuff up for you. That's pretty good. Um I think uh, I think it would be slightly better if the Pokemon just followed you around and just did all that. Um, but you know, that's just me. I'm super lazy. Um, I've been, I, I do like how there is no real money you need to be spending, so I've spent it all on buying clothes for Dawn. Um, that's all I've been doing. Um, I've been pretty much playing the game to essentially get more clothes for my character, which is fantastic. Um, I do have a couple of criticisms. Uh, though, um, which is uh, something that um, I think it is let down slightly by the quality of the physical controls that you get with a standard Nintendo Switch. Um, I think if you're going to be required to do a lot of that complicated moving and dodging and everything like that in those in those legendary beast encounters, um, I actually don't think that the standard Switch Joy-Cons are up to the task. Um, um, because And it's not the game's fault. I think the hardware is just not up to scratch, um, which is a shame because those Joy-Cons are really expensive. And um, I don't think you should have to buy new equipment to, um, to accommodate a game. Um, but that's just well, I how guess I that's, feel. That's the utility of the Joy-Con, right? And it's a pretty versatile... Uh, a controller, but it's a definitely a jack of all trades, a master of none. In and you know, yeah, the joysticks, like a... the joysticks just aren't good enough. 
the, dis- the, trig- the triggers as well, I feel, sometimes let you down. Mm. Um, you know, I've had moments where I've definitely pressed the face buttons on the controller uh, to dodge out of the way of uh, enemy attacks, especially in those noble battles. Uh, yep. And noticed that, you know, I didn't get the responsiveness that I expected from from that and I'd ended up getting hurt or killed and it had stopped me from um, yep. you know, <laughs> winning a battle. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But I think that for most people, that is going to be the way that they play it too. Yeah. And... Um... But, the, but that's not really a game thing. I think uh, also there's too much talking. In the beginning of the game, there is so much text to read, it's ridiculous. And I've never really... The story has never really been the strong point of Pokemon games for me, so might this might be a personal thing for me. But I'm very conscious of the fact that there is about half an hour of just reading, and I don't particularly enjoy that. Um, especially in a Pokemon game, um, which I have noticed in recent Pokemon games, there has been a lot of talking, um, which I don't really appreciate. But that also is a personal thing for me. Um, and I do realize that some people really enjoy that aspect of the game. Uh, so yeah, those would be my two criticisms of Pokemon. One of them is pretty personal. And one of them, I think, is not really to do with the game. It's more about the hardware that's on. But actually, I, I, think, it, I think it's worth a mention. Um, I mean, one thing worth mentioning as well, uh, you sort of highlighted at the very top of this episode, um, but the the graphics in this, in some parts, are phenomenal. Uh, They look amazing, and you really feel like you're part of the world. Um, But in other parts, you see the limitation of the hardware. You see that, obviously, this game is doing a lot more uh, in the background than any previous game before it. Um, But, you know, when you can see Pokemon for quite a distance... Um, but when they're in the distance moving around, you can see that they're at a very low frame rate. They are moving, um, you know, it looks like it like, you know, four frames a second or something like that. Click, 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 almost like a slideshow. Um, but as you get closer, they, they become more um, visible. There's definitely um, moments where I've noticed, uh, you know, things kind of pop into existence uh, as you get closer to them. Um, some aspects of the game look, yeah, really amazing and beautiful. Um, but others look like, yeah, we're talking about a, a small handheld console uh, that's trying to do a lot of work. And I think that could be potentially where people may have initially balked at the look of this game. I think this is a game that is really good uh, to be played in handheld mode. Um, I think that's where it's going to excel. Uh, it would look great on a small screen um, when it's up on a bigger TV. I think some of those uh, visual aspects may uh, great against someone. But I think in terms of how the game plays, for me at least, um, the way that it looked was a secondary consideration. Um, you're moving so quickly, you're tra- traversing this land so fast um, that, you know, you're zipping past thing really quickly. So, you know, it, it, you take it all in, in the broadest sense. Um, but I think it's definitely worth mentioning. One thing that I find um, is, is mixed, definitely, is um, there, there are a bunch of side quests that you can do uh, within the game, um, characters within the game, or you can pick them up at, like, um, sort of notice boards as well. Um, we'll give you these little tasks, and quite often it'll be like, go and collect X number of items to do this thing, or, you know, show me this Pokedex fully completed of this, this type of Pokemon. Um, some of those uh, are really good and straightforward and easy to do. Some of them are very difficult and annoying, um, and the rewards don't seem to really pay off to the same extent. They're still, uh, like, they're still an enjoyable factor, a, a, you know, a list-ticking sort of factor uh, of, of completing those quests. So, you know, for me, I've, I've done quite a lot of them, 
Um, but you know, I can see that some some of the criticism I've seen other people label this game is that those quests are effectively useless, and I, I would say they're not useless because there are things that do unlock about it. But you know, I would prioritize the ones like upgrading the uh, you know items in the store that you can buy, or the or doing the quest that gives you more equipment or clothing because those are the things that feel really rewarding. So you know, that would be my my main thing. Um, Mitch, uh, just having a, a think about this game. Um, and think about your context of playing other Pokemon games. Who do you think this game is sort of aimed at, or who do you think will get the most out of it? That's interesting. I I'm a pretty big Pokemon fan, and I think I got a lot out of it. And granted, I haven't actually played that much. I think I played maybe five hours tops. I I've only got like two stars in the Pokedex. Um, I think Pokemon fans are quickly and rapidly approaching the point that Star Trek and Star Wars fans have been at for years and they are never happy about anything and if any of you are watching I think you all need to grow up um it's a game primarily for younger kids and I think this one actually gears a little older for once um but um I think it's for I think it's for hardcore Pokemon fans and maybe less for the new people. But yeah, I'm not really sure because, you know, I'm kind of like a middle of the road Pokemon fan. I do have a lot of Pokemon things. I do like them a lot. Uh, But uh, I don't think I would have got my hands on this if we didn't have a copy that was kind of given to us by Nintendo. And um, um, just because where I am in my life, I just don't think I would have gone for it personally myself. But I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I was right about it being a good game you know mitch we've been i've been thinking about this for a really really long time is that we always wanted there to be an open world pokemon game where you ran around and pokemon were out in the world as much as you know it it was just basically like an mmo effectively we were hoping there would be you know world of warcraft for pokemon um and this is the closest i think they've come to to getting to that dream um with some important caveats that you know it's not as open world as you would probably quite like um it's you know not even as open world as something like um, breath of the wild right and direct comparisons were made between this game and breath of the wild when when it was first announced um you know the first sort of visuals taught everyone sort of thought oh hang on a second is this going to be you know the open world pokemon game well it's semi-open world is what i would say um, but, you know, the way that it does it, the areas are big. You know, you can get around them relatively quickly once you've unlocked the, you know, the different um, traversal Pokemon to get around the place. But, you know, it is, uh, you know, it's ever so slowly getting uh, to this place uh, of, you know, the ideal of, of what living in the anime would be like. Um, and I think that's a, a really cool thing. I think you've hit the nail on the head, like what living in the anime would be like. I think that is, I think the anime has always been like, it kind of solved a little bit more of like how it would culturally work. And this is getting close to that feeling of like how, what would it be like? Like what would the impact of it actually be like if you were to have to interact with these things on every, like if you had to interact with these creatures every day, I think the best version of that thus far has been detective Pikachu um, in terms of any media. Um, but this gets pretty close in a, in an interactive uh, medium. There were always caveats and sort of, sh- you know, shortcuts and gamey things that had to be in the games to make them uh, playable and fun, but probably as a function of technology um, and, you know, the ability of the com- consoles that these previous games came out on. Uh, but this, as you said, 
really feels like a bit more like your inner world, like you have stepped into a world. And there are plenty of other RPGs that come out, uh, which really does feel like you're, you know, part of a world and you're sort of experiencing the world move around you. And this really does feel like the first Pokemon game that that is, you know, approaching that. You aren't needing to be like, okay, well, you know, if I use my head cannon, this is the way that it would be. It's, you know, it's starting to get there. It's it's not a hundred percent there yet, um, but it's a hell of a lot closer than any of the other games have ever been. Agreed. So that's Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, which is out now on the Nintendo Switch. Um, thank you to Nintendo Australia for providing us with a review uh, code of this game. Uh, you can find uh, our playthrough of uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, where we've got part two up on the website right now on sifter.com.au. So if you want to have a look at what uh, it's like to play it and watch Mitch and Fiona talk about it as they're playing playing the game, uh, go and have a look there. This is Mainstream. This has been Mainstream by Sifter. It's the show about the video games that we've been playing uh, as a team uh, over the past couple of weeks and uh, we were playing our off time. Uh, my name is Mitch. Uh, thank you, And thank you very much for being part of episode 37, Gianni. No worries at all. Great to be on Mainstream with you, Mitch. Thanks, and uh, also thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the mainstream theme music. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Kyle Paletto, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, Adam Cristo, and uh, my name is Mitchell Lowe. I am the senior producer and Gianni DiGiovanni. My co-producer today is our executive producer. Uh, Gianni, where can listeners find you on the internet and check out some of your work? The best uh, place to go is uh, Sifter HQ on all the social medias, but mainly Twitter. I am on on the the, the Sifter Twitter account quite a bit. So uh, if you see people replying to uh, people online, that's usually me that is doing it. Uh, So that's twitter.com forward slash Sifter HQ. You can find us on Twitch as well, um, where we stream uh, episodes of our podcasts, Lightmap, where we stream gameplay like we did with Pokemon Legend Arceus um, and a whole bunch of other bits and pieces or uh, on Instagram or wherever you'd like to, to find us. That's where we are uh, and that's where we pull our stuff up online. We've also got a website here. Um, you can visit us at sifter.com.au. There's articles, uh, video pieces and more. All that content that Gianni just mentioned, uh, that's all on there. And if you'd like what you heard, you can tell a friend because that's the best way you can help us out by sharing the show Uh, with people that might like it. You can also head to the Sifter store to buy cool Australian-made video game t-shirts. So yeah, if you like independent games journalism and you want to support us, you can hit the Sifter store. Um, While you're on your podcast player as well, we've actually got two other podcasts uh, now, and we're talking just a little bit before, Mitch. It's kind of awesome to think when we started this uh, show, what, six and a bit years ago. Uh, with one podcast, we've now got three. Um, a brand new one, which has just started up, uh, called Walkthrough. It is a weekly news podcast. Uh, we recap all the biggest stories of the week. It's really good if you're someone who is, uh, you know, not able to keep up with stuff as much as you would like to, but you're still keen to learn a bit more. Um, and yeah, we'll go through, explain those stories for you. And the host is Kyle uh, Pauletto, uh, part of the team, who's a, a newsreader in his day job uh, and now does it uh, for Sifter as well in, in terms of video games uh, news each week. So it's called Walkthrough. Um, we've also, as you talked about, Mitch, we've got a, another podcast called Lightmap, 
um, which is an interview podcast. It's been going for six years now. Uh, we talk to game developers, creatives, people who are doing really interesting stuff in interactive media. They're always insightful conversations. And if you're interested in, in the creative process, um, it's a good po um, podcast to listen to because you get an insight into what it takes to actually make things. Um, for both those podcasts, if you search in your podcast player, uh, type in SIFTER, uh, S-I-F-T-E-R, uh, you'll see our icons there. We've got Lightmap, Mainstream, and Walkthrough. Uh, give us a follow and yeah, a five-star rating if you feel like it, or even if you enjoyed it, just tell your friends, as you said, Mitch, because uh, it does make a big difference if you recommend it to someone, um, if you think they're going to enjoy it. I think that's pretty much it for this episode of Mainstream, uh, talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, good to be on the show. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, no worries, man. And until next time, have fun. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.